It's January 13th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol said for the first time on Wednesday that if North Korea's nuclear threat grows, South Korea would consider building nuclear weapons of its own or ask the U.S. to redeploy them on the Korean peninsula, according to the Japan Times. Yoon was quick to add that building nuclear weapons was not yet an official policy. He stressed that South Korea would, for now, deal with North Korea's nuclear threat by strengthening its alliance with the United States. Yoon's comments marked the first time since the U.S. withdrew all its nuclear weapons from the South in 1991 that a South Korean president officially mentioned arming the country with nuclear weapons. Washington removed its nuclear weapons from South Korea as part of its global nuclear arms reduction efforts. According to the BBC, Some 900 million people in China have been infected with the coronavirus as of January 11th, according to a study by Peking University. The report estimates that 64% of the country's population has the virus. It ranks Gansu province, where 91% of the people are reported to be infected at the top, followed by Yunnan, 84%, and Qinghai, 80%. A top Chinese epidemiologist has also warned that cases will surge in rural China over the Lunar New Year. Hundreds of millions of Chinese are traveling to their hometowns, many for the first time since the pandemic began, ahead of the Lunar New Year on January 23rd. As Russian troops wage a ferocious house-to-house fight for control of strongholds in eastern Ukraine, The AP is reporting that a parallel battle is unfolding in the top echelons of military power in Moscow, with President Vladimir Putin reshuffling his top generals while rival camps try to win his favor. The fighting for the salt mining town of Soldar and the nearby city of Bakhmut has highlighted a bitter rift between the Russian defense ministry leadership and Yevgeny Prigozhin, a rogue millionaire whose private military force, known as the Wagner Group, has played an increasingly visible role in Ukraine. Prigozhin rushed Wednesday to declare that his mercenary force had captured Soldar, a claim rejected by Ukrainian officials. Furthermore, his statement that the prize was won exclusively by Wagner challenged the accounts from the defense ministry, which described action by airborne troops and other forces in the battle for Soldar. Read the full story about the infighting in the Russian military and the AP. Elsewhere, Deutsche Welle is reporting that prosecutors in Japan have formally charged the 42-year-old suspect in the killing of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, a Japanese court said on Friday. Following a six-month psychiatric evaluation, the suspect was indicted by the Nara District Public Prosecutor's Office for both murder and violating gun laws. The man was arrested directly after the shooting on July 8th. He told police 
he had assassinated the former prime minister for his links to the South Korea-based Unification Church. Abe was shot with a homemade gun while holding a rally near a train station in the western Japanese city of Nara last July. The killing of the former leader sparked condolences from around the world. The incident also came as a shock to Japan, where such acts of violence are rare, in part due to its strict gun laws. Ghana's government and trade unions have agreed to increase all public servants' salaries by 30% for 2023, they said in a joint statement, as the country struggles to reduce debt and tackle rampant inflation. Al Jazeera reports that trade unions representing public service employees started negotiating salary raises with the government in November, a few months after hardship spurred street protests that pushed the government to seek help from the International Monetary Fund. The West African gold, oil, and coca producer once described as Africa's shining star by the World Bank, is battling its worst economic crisis in a generation, with inflation hovering at a record 50.3%, the highest in 21 years. Lamond is reporting that the Spanish Supreme Court on Thursday dropped sedition charges against former Catalan leader Carles Puigdemont over a failed 2017 independence bid that sparked Spain's worst political crisis in decades. But the court maintained lesser charges of misuse of public funds and disobedience against him, who lives in Belgium and holds a seat on the European Parliament. The move follows Spain's reform in the criminal code in December that abolished the offense of sedition and replaced it with the charge of public disorder that carries softer penalties and lowered the penalty for misuse of public funds. Both offenses were used against Catalan leaders who staged a 2017 independence referendum deemed illegal by the courts, followed by unilateral declaration of independence for the Northeast region. Mr. Puigdemont headed the Catalan government at the time of the independence push. According to Reuters, Argentina's annual inflation rate hit its highest rate in more than 30 years last month, as prices almost doubled versus a year ago. Official data released on Thursday showed, further eroding consumers' dwindling purchasing power. In December, consumer prices jumped 5.1% month-on-month, according to National Statistics Agency, INDEC, while inflation in the 12 months through December reached 94.8% in the South American country's ailing economy. The annual rate marks the fastest clip of rising prices in more than three decades or since 1991. Argentina is battling one of the highest inflation rates in the world as soaring prices hamper growth and force shopkeepers to constantly update price tags. In lighter news from the UPI, an Oregon woman whose suitcase was lost during a United Airlines flight home from Chicago said she was reunited with the bag four years later, and it took a detour to Central America. April Gavin posted a series of videos to TikTok explaining how her luggage was lost by the airline 
when she flew home from a business trip to Chicago in August 2018. Gavin said after several months of searching, the airline informed her that the bag's disappearance was a mystery. She was compensated for some of her lost items, but not all of them. She was shocked to receive a phone call this week informing her that her suitcase had turned up at an airport in Houston. She said she was further surprised to be told it had arrived on a flight from Honduras. The bag was slightly damaged and worn, but its contents were intact. That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. This weekend, Chris and I speak with Katie Howland about the latest on unidentified anomalous phenomena. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. (laughs) 